Oh my face. Welcome to the Church of Mavis Radio Show. It's Friday night, 7.05 p.m. Central. Uh, we're still marching with the uh, apocalypse. And it's a uh, year of the rabbit now. Year of the bunny. Well, well, in China, it's not quite year of the bunny. Oh, here. it's not there yet? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the uh, new moon. It's this weekend, though. So it's, okay. it's I was a tiger. It's supposed to be my year. It felt more like Pinhead from Hellraiser torturing me, so I didn't think it was really like a bonus year for me. <laughs> it wasn't. I don't know. There's water tigers and wood tigers. I don't even know which one I am. Maybe wood or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it didn't seem very tigery to me. <laughs> but our whole December was uh, COVID and the flu. So that was my vacation and my birthday. <laughs> but uh, we got Wham here with us tonight. Hey, hey. Hudson Valley representing. Yep. Tonight's guest is uh, Tammy Billups. Animal Way Showers. Uh, is it Showers or Showers? Way showers. Showers. Way Showers. The Light Workers Ushering in 5D Consciousness. We're about to get started. There's one little small thing I want to say that was upsetting, and then we'll start the interview. Julian, <laughs> Julian Sands, the actor. Yes. Who was in Warlock. And I forget what else. I've seen him in some weird vampire movies and weird horror stuff back in like the 80s. And I'm sure he's been in other stuff, but went, what, uh, uh, ice, whatever, climbing? On Mount, he, on Mount Baldy, yes. And he's gone for six days. They can't find him. That sounds really bad. <laughs> like they, they, found, they found his car. Yeah, and a ping on his cell phone. But this British dude, uh, an actor that's been around for a while, but wouldn't catch me out there, but apparently he's used to doing that kind of stuff. One last plug, Physicians Kit, uh, Committee for Responsible Medicine. This is a place that takes down these nut houses that do weird things to dogs and stuff like that. Like that beagle situation that happened in that, uh, I forget where it was, but they were doing all kinds of tests and crazy stuff. The place I prank called and said, hell's coming. One day when I was mad because it reminded me of my dog Jack who passed away of 16 years. And there was some petition online or something. So I didn't threaten anybody, but I made a, a prank call to this weird lab. And then a, few, a month or so later, it got shut down. And all the beagles went out to uh, different places for people to adopt and everything. But doing sick stuff there, like in the name of science. But uh, that's great and everything, but you got to torture little puppies <laughs> to do it. That's where there's got to be a line crossed. But Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine pcrm.org pcrm.org you can go there and donate and they match it they were i'm not sure if they're still doing that but they take these places down so pcrm.org check it out well great to have you here tammy i had a dog pass uh not too long ago that was with me for 16 years jack he's like a beagle uh terrier uh jack russell terrier mix but he smiled and had the personality that was like a little et following me around all the time and i would walk the trails with him and he was with me for 16 years so it affected me when he passed uh to this day you know it affected me more than i ever i knew it would but it's like it just sticks with you sort of <laughs> but uh but it's good to have you here and i guess tell us what you mean by animal way showers oh, well first i'm so sorry about jack and gosh you know, 16 years, I mean, that's a 24-7 type of relationship. That's hard to recover from, you know. So so my thoughts to you on that. 
Um, and animal way showers. Yeah. Way showers, I guess, isn't a word that's officially in Webster. Um, but it's the first, the first time I heard it was maybe 20, 22 years ago. Uh, and it was a spiritual teacher that was using it. And it literally means showing the way. And it's usually depicted on people who are light workers that are serving uh, a greater mass of, of people, of beings around them that can hold and maintain a higher vibration such that their presence alone is healing for all of those in their wake, all of those in their orbit. So, and you know, I know lots of animals that do that. I don't know about you, but I know plenty of them that I've been working with around the globe for many, many years. And so uh, a lot of them started kind of, I started feeling their soul's presence, quite frankly. And I really do feel like this is their book, not mine. Uh, because I'm just, I'm just, the, I, I'm just the one that's honored to share a lot of the stories, a lot of the information that I've learned from them over the years. And uh, I noticed you're in Georgia. That's where I'm from. I'm in the Panhandle of Florida now, uh, and I, I had a lot of uh, strange experiences there from some UFO stuff and things like that that happened. Yeah, I have them here too, but good old Georgia for sure. <laughs> and I guess. Uh, share some stories so we can let our audience understand let us all understand what we're talking about and then you say five they're carriers of 5d consciousness yeah well um you know this this 5d we're, we're familiar with 3d consciousness obviously the duality of it the struggle of it the right and wrong and and you know how we get stuck in that um but you know of course animals are holding this higher vibration they're not judging anyone around them so they're, they're just showing up and they can read a room better than any person. They can walk in and know exactly what, uh, what people need and, and try to help them get it because they're so tuned in. They're just so connected. So an example, I'm trying to think. Okay, so the first one that pops in my mind is that there's this dog. Um, oh, God, I'm, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure the dog's name, her name is Anielle. His name, I believe, is Prince. And uh, an example, anyway, just a small example of, of a way shower trait is that she had decided that she wanted to get a divorce. And so she she began setting up, uh, you know, appointments to go look at apartments. And every time she'd get ready to leave the house to go look at a new apartment to move out, oh, it's Pepper. And Pepper would all of a sudden go lame where all of a sudden he's laying up he can't even stand up he won't get up and he can't walk and she'd go oh my gosh i mean our you know when your animal is lame and they can't walk what do you do you freak out you take him to the vet right you you stop everything that you're doing well every single time she would make she would be walking out the door to go look at an apartment to leave this would happen and the vet would find nothing and say well it might just be you know the, the spine and might this but i don't see anything and all of a sudden, one day she went, you know, there's got to be a coincidence here. Why does it only happen when I'm leaving to go, you know, look at apartments and then I, you know, decide not to and Pepper's running around just fine then. I mean, like literally running around. But yet, you know, of course she wanted to tend to Pepper. And, uh, and all of a sudden she realized that that's what he was doing, that trying to stop her from doing that. And she and her husband then... Uh, put all the cards on the table and they worked everything out and 
and it just became one happy family again. And they, they attribute Pepper to saving their marriage. And that's just a, a small example. I just think of the hoot, but I mean, it is amazing what our animals will do for us in any given moment. They're always, always trying to get a message to us. But that's just one example. But I have many examples of those that are just serving with their person that's serving and and what they will, how they are healers for their people's clients. I mean, it's it's really extraordinary. And how was, what were some ways that what happened during COVID with some animals, stories? Ah, well, I remember one time I was, I was teaching a class not long after the whole COVID thing began. And in the very beginning, you know, everybody had fear. They were afraid to touch their mail. I mean, it was pretty incredible. And everybody had to hold up. And, and of course, animals showed up because people couldn't leave and go hug all the people and touch all the people that they love. And animals would just show up for them, like, hug me, I'm here. But I remember, uh, I remember conducting a, a, a Zoom class a few months afterwards when not that many people really knew someone that had it, you know, at that point. And, and she shared the story about how she had COVID. Um, and actually she was in bed still recovering. She just, she just set up her Zoom, you know, and just, we all saw her in bed. And she goes, well, I want you to know my cat is, I think saved me. And I, you know, it's like, well, can you share? And she said, well, she said, I, the fever got so high and nobody can come in. You know, my husband's everybody else is staying in a different part of the house and I'm in here and the fever just wouldn't go away for days and it kept getting higher. And, uh, and the cat, her cat would just hold up on the bed and, you know, completely out of its normal routine and just lay on the bed. But then one day after several days of this, you know, fever not breaking, the cat insisted upon, she was lying on her side, the cat insisted upon getting under the covers and curling up like, she, you know, like all of a sudden they were spooning. And then the cat started convulsing. And before you know it, the cat started throwing up phlegm and then jumped on the floor and then continued to just throw up and throw up phlegm. And all of a sudden her fever broke instantaneously her fever broke and then the cat for the first time in days said open the door i'm 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 done here <laughs> my job is done here and and i just you know it just i cried you know hearing the story of what this cat absorbed and helped her move out and that's what i believe happened and that's what she believed happened. she's a vet she's a veterinarian and uh and she said this this cat saved me and she goes immediately my my fever broke but they you know lots of good stuff happened for animals that year too because so many got adopted i mean so many of the shelters were cleaned out that year because everybody knew it was a good time to bring an animal in the house right and uh when i was younger and had a i went through chemo when i was younger for testicular cancer i had a siamese cat that would always meet me and lay on me when I was in the bed and stuff. And she would meet me and wait for me and then come up there. Her name was Lucci. She was a Siamese, but <laughs> remembering that story. But what, what are some tools for, to, for developing uh, 5D relationships with uh, some of the, these animal companions, uh, friends? I know there's a lot, but what are some of the main ones? Well, I'll give you some small, small little things you can do. 
um, that are just going to help to pivot the energy in the house to start to allow more of this 5D energy to, to hold up for longer periods of time, like what animals are trying to teach us. Um, one of the things you can do is, you know, how we always say either good dog or or good boy or good girl. Well, you know, that's again, that duality and in 5D consciousness, which is where love is, which is where gratitude and forgiveness and peace and harmony and no suffering is, that's 5D consciousness. Well, instead, so instead of saying good dog or good boy or good girl, say thank you. And instead of, you know, saying I would remove bad from your vocabulary, again, that just keeps us thing, keeps things in that 3D reality that we don't want and contributes to sometimes more of the undesired behavior that you don't want from your animal. You kind of want to, I mean, given that every situation demands a different response, of course, when possible, you kind of just pivot out of behavior that they're, you know, doing that you don't want and start visualizing what you do want them to do because they pick up on our thoughts. They pick up on the visuals in our mind. And so if all we're thinking of is the behavior we don't want, then it's, almost as if we're telling them we want them to do that instead of what we really want them to do. So the focus should be on the, de the desired behavior. And then when they do that, you say, thank you. And then try to practice telepathy with them. I mean, you can do that by dropping to your heart and just begin to believe. And, you know, there's this, imagine this cord connecting both of you heart to heart and just close your eyes and begin to really practice that with them because they're already they're already reading your mind so you might as well consciously try to begin chatting with them in that way um resist another tip would be resist uh kind of projecting your emotions on them when you notice that you're short with them or you're mad at them that's just them saying you know pushing your button and saying you know You've got some anger in there that needs to clear. And though they willingly take that, um, I think it, a better idea might be to kind of just pivot out of that and say, oh, I've got some anger to move out. Let me go over here. Let me go do that in a healthier way instead of creating the karma of putting it on another being, which, uh, which a lot of people will do with their animals. And not conscious people, of course, but I mean, it's just... Whenever I'm a little short with my animals, I'm like, oh, looky there, got something brewing in there because um, because that's how it rolls. You know, the universe will always bring us what we need to work on. And, you know, and I'll give one more. I've got a lot more of it. Another one, another small one might be to use positive labels and names with your animals. You know, 3D programming is really quick to give Others, you know, negative labels, the name calling, and stereotyping certain behaviors, which can contribute to more 3D experiences for you both. So animals will embody the energy of the names and labels you give them. So choose wisely, because if you, you know, if you say something really negative to them and you start calling them that all the time, they're going to live into that. You know, they absolutely will. And so you want to you want to name them and call them by names that are are, are more positive. And uh, I'm not, I know I remember the story made notes shamanic joy bringer Ruby and Bella was that about a golden retriever coming to someone after she had a, a loss with her dog. And there's a lot of shamanism involved. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you liked that story, that particular one? Yes. Yeah. She's, um, yes, Bella is definitely, is she has a blue eye and a brown eye, which was really attracting Ruby to it because she knew that in shamanic beliefs that that's a sign of living in both the spirit world and the earth world simultaneously. And that they can, you know, that they're bringing shamanic gifts in. So, yeah, the Bella was, and Bella was absolutely the matriarch of this all intentional community in the North Carolina mountains. And there is not another, even the dogs that were biters that would go after the other dogs never went after Bella. They loved Bella. Bella, Bella showed up as love and joy. I mean, she really did show up as joy. Anybody who saw her immediately was lifted up into the light. And she would tour all these homes and everybody knew Bella. And like I said, there was no one that didn't love her. And she knew how to show up in this 5D consciousness and, and, and share joy. And in the chapter, Light Warriors of the Animal Kingdom, you bring up the Hawaiian kind of shamanism. And of course, I'm going to have trouble saying that word. Apona Kapona. <laughs> I've had Serge Kahali King on about uh, uh, Hawaiian Huna shamanism. So that's pretty interesting. How does that tie in the light warriors of the animal kingdom? Well, Ho'oponopono is is yeah, Ho'oponopono is 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 those four Hawaiian statements because a lot of and I and I brought that into that chapter when I was talking about how much people will have guilt around choices they made around their animals. And sometimes, you know, it's like, well, I should have done this or I wouldn't have lost them or, you know, shouldn't have left the gate open. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why we keep going over these things in our mind and beating ourselves up all the time. And so I, I added that in that chapter to just give another tool, a resource to the reader uh, to really know that you can go into that prayer of, of, Forgive me. I'm trying to think of that. I'm trying to think of the four statements now. Thank you. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. Okay. Your intention. You. That's yeah. a big part of it. Intention. Yes. And really going into those four statements when you say them, I mean, it's such an old ritual that really so many people say go back to Atlantis even of, of those four statements when combined, when you get the right four statements. Um, that it can really line you up with allowing in a level of forgiveness that's very powerful. It's definitely the Hawaiian way. Uh, I know his uh, Serge's first book was Urban uh, Shamanism, but when I interviewed him a long time ago, I got struck by lightning while on the phone. And uh, it came through, it hit the front of the house and came through the line and I felt it. And I had uh, rubber sandals on and it scared the crap out of me, but he goes, that's a sign of great power, which is funny, but I continued doing the show. It didn't kill me. I mean, I didn't, you know, I was okay after the show. It just freaked me out more than anything. I just remember that. He's like, that's a sign of great power, which he's being funny, but I guess serious too at the same no, time. That's, I don't that's know. very true. And shamanism, <laughs> yeah. that's, that is a sign. You know, they say every true shaman has been struck by lightning. And then plus you just got struck by lightning. So yeah, it's a great vibe. <laughs> it's like the power company coming through your body. Apropos, yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to the afterlife, I know we've talked about this before when you were on, uh, of dogs and cats. What 
have you found out that it's it's like? Let's say you lose your your animal friend. What do you think happens after that? For the animal? Yes. Um, yeah. Um, so so I've, I've been connected formally, energetically to lots of animals as they've transitioned. People hire me for that. And so that I can tell them kind of what I see happening when they're greeted on the other side. So I'm happy to talk about that. It's really cool. And it's, it's um, very heart opening. The one thing that I will share, and maybe I did share this last time. I don't remember talking about it, but I believe that we have a part of our soul that remains on the other side called our heart, our higher self. And, um, and in every case that I've been connected to an animal, the person's higher self is the one that's greeting them. So it's like you are the one that's greeting them along with whoever else a person's called in. They're always there. You know, whenever I describe someone, they'll always say, you know, well, I called in, that's uncle so-and-so, or that's my other dog or whatever. They're always there. You can count on that. And then sometimes there are these very ritualistic um, things that I see like sacred circles. Like I remember there was this one woman who does these priestess circles and Lily, her dog had always been with her in these priestess circles. And as soon as Lily crossed, I saw all of these priestesses in the circle on the other side welcoming Lily. We kind of like that whole theory of, you know, the Buddhists will see Buddha and Jesus will see Jesus. I mean, there is that component of it. But then I believe that uh, that we will partner with certain animals time and time again for our mutual growth. So um, so where they go beyond that initial greeting, I'm sure there's all kinds who knows? I mean, I believe there's all kinds of options. I've read lots of things around that too, but I believe that we are connected with a few animals more than others that, uh, that we'll partner with. And I know my, my two, my two, my two cats I have, they've been with me in this life, um, two and three times. And then I was, I was worried Jack got, uh, reincarnated into that stupid place that tortures those kind of animals. So that's why I was like, I did a, a, a prank call. I just said, hell's coming and hung up, but that's it. <laughs> but it did come because a few weeks later, they got shut down. So, But that was still kind of neat. But uh, but Christina's the one who gave me that uh, pet thing. I just uh, helped bring them down and uh, plug it and everything. But uh, so what can you tell us about? Uh, you have a lot of horse stories. Do you have one in particular you like to share about a horse? Yeah. I mean, since since... Since I know that you're into the shaman side, I'll I'll talk to you about um, a horse named Magic, and their his um, his person Hope when they reunited together, meaning that she was she thought she was going to go look for a, a, to adopt a painted horse, and as soon as she walked in where there were these available horses to be adopted, there was one horse that just started following her around and would not leave her, and that was Magic. And he ended up going home with her, and he was an extraordinary uh, way shower in that he had the ability to really hold what I call transformational healing presence. And that's what I alluded to earlier in that just by being in, around him that you feel better. And usually the way showers, I might add, are not needy or dependent, and they are not looking for treats and thanks and you know, they're not needy at all. They're just, they're, in fact, they can be kind of detached. 
which might fit this Aquarian moon we're about to be in right now. But magic would, Hope would have these fire circles and shamanic circles on the back of her property. And magic, of course, it was a huge fenced area, but every time they would be having some type of big ceremony, magic would come out and he would start running circles around them and holding this sacred space. And the seers that independently, you know, were there at different times, but all say that they could see uh, the spirit of this Native American chief on its back. And Hope also had, you know, she'd have women's groups there that where they did a lot of healing and she watched how the women would approach him and really how magic would alter his approach for every single woman to help them heal something. Some of them would just start crying as soon as they saw him. Some of them would laugh, some would hug him, and he would hold this very stoic space for each of them to heal. It was, it was really extraordinary to to know. I've, he's, he's one of the ones in the book that I know well. I've met him, I've wrote him, and, um, and he changed me for the better. Well, I know in your uh, bio, it says that you experienced four losses within a few months and it was the catalyst to your gifts opening up and i think on a lot of levels and people have told me going through testicular cancer and all that crap opened up my senses because i had that happen and then a few years later my dad died and then i started to see a lot of weird uh i saw white beings leave my house and fly into the heavens completely sober with my uh just my eyes just saw them like they had been inside my house and came out and flew and I'll never forget it. The guy coming on after you did a, a, a piece of art of that because I wish I would have got it on uh, my phone or something, which maybe it wouldn't have showed up on my phone. I don't know. But uh, I, it was like that pain and suffering of going through all that opened my senses. And then, of course, there was weird UFO stuff. We've had, you name it, from UFOs on nuclear physicists, Air Force pilots. Like, we take it very serious and talk about that. But what can you tell us about uh, pain opening your senses that seems like seems like that does it that's uh, definitely a, a doorway that's sucks but at least there's a plus there <laughs> somehow yeah well that 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 year that uh that was absolutely the worst year of my life and of course one of those worst year best years kind of thing you know because it, I, it, there was a lot of a lot of pain and suffering because simultaneously when well it was first my mother passed and 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 i was kind of a student of her passing because she started talking to people on the other side that was all new to me she started saying oh so and so was just here and i'd say darlene and she goes, oh well, how can that be she's passed and that just started something going in my mind i started just thinking what the what because that was new for me um, and she passed pretty quickly. And then I came back home after getting dad settled and, and then my first kitty passed. And all of a sudden, because my awareness had changed through mom's passing, um, all of a sudden I could see her. And, and then it just didn't stop though. It just opened up into 14 different dimensions. And there were, and I had a lot of fear around it, which brought in a lot of fear, which means I saw a lot of things, you know, that I didn't want to see from other planets and other things. And, and I was all, you know, it was, and the other thing that happened was that all of my memories from all of the trauma and the sexual abuse and everything that had happened to me in my first eight years of life, all of a sudden came back you know, like amnesia. Somebody turned on the light. I had all of those memories that I had repressed. And 
it's it wasn't pleasant. And yes, I believe that. Um, and then my next, then my other two animals died as well. And I was just, I was hopeless at that time. I quit my job, everything, everything changed for me. And it was a painful year. And I'll tell you that, you know, the animals that I had with me, they were with me. I mean, you know, through those sleepless nights and I had a lot of sleepless nights for a lot of stuff that was going on in my house right then. Um, they, they were right beside me and I'm so grateful. And I think that that happens for a lot of people is you awaken to a different way to believing differently, a different level of awareness. And then your pain has to get its wings, you know, because you've been repressing it. I used to be sick all the time and had surgery and surgery, you know, and weighed a hundred pounds more than what I do now. And I mean, there's just, it's just a gamut of things. Everything changed that year with just raising, you know, my level of consciousness around what's going on on other levels that I had no idea about. So I think to answer your question, we, we kind of, we have to get to our pain because it's always longing to be free, I believe. And once we free it, then, um, then we can maybe live out our life's passion a bit more, step into why we're really here maybe. Did you mention that you might have had some alien type stuff happen? Did I hear that? I'm just double checking. I thought I did. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I saw several different groups. And, and again, this was, I had no background of anything like this, any belief, but I knew what I was seeing in front of me as clear as day. And so I started going, I found out there was such a thing as new age and there was a new age store and I would go in their alien section and, and, or, and just open books. And I would say, I've seen that. I've seen that because there were drawings in there. You know, none of them were the grays per se, you know, that you see on movies. There was just different types and, uh, and, and really there was one particular group and oh gosh, I haven't talked about any of this with anyone else. So you're really getting it, Jeffrey, because I've done a lot of interviews and I have not gone down this road before at all. But there was one group that I believe was really in my backyard to help me. And I say in my backyard, meaning in my bedroom and were, you know, had my back. Um, and I, I since believe that I actually had a contract with them that if it became too much, that they would help me get out. Yeah. That's what I believe. And what did they look like? Well, they were kind of, um, I haven't found their pictures in a book. There were several different kinds, but I've, I've never found anyone that, that described them, but they were kind of large looking and kind of psychedelic colors going on, kind of emotionless um, and would just be, holding space around me scared me at the time of course but it was never um felt evil or never felt dark but they were certainly holding space and yeah there were there were i don't want to get into too many there was a lot of stuff happening in my world at that time yes well yeah. I, we've all seen weird stuff here one of the weirdest ones i've seen are little cloaked beings in the woods that were small like jawas but taller standing around a black box and a cat of mine a friend saw it with me. We're like, do you see that? Do you see that? And we're like, yeah, we see that. A cat of mine jumped towards them and they vanished. Yeah. And 
at that time I'd been reading a lot of Celtic other world stuff, you know, about fairy realms and stuff, so maybe that brought it on. I have no idea, but we've definitely seen weird stuff here for sure. So thanks for sharing that. Sound like you saw like psychedelic Buddhas or something, alien Buddhas. Yeah, <laughs> I like that thought. I'm sure they would too, but I think the Buddha is smiling more, and these and these guys did not smile. <laughs> well, you say yeah. Well, you say animals have the heart of bodhisattvas, which is from Buddhism, right? That's they have a heart of love, right? Yeah. Oh, yes, they do. They, that's why I say that they are on the front line of, of the animal kingdom. Well, domesticated animals are on the front line of the animal kingdom's mission to help humanity. And Lord knows we need help. <laughs> we need help. And, and, and animals, animals have helped for millions of years, helped people evolve. Definitely. Anything you'd like to share, William, or magic animal stories? Oh, I have lots of magic animal stories. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I I don't deal with people much anymore. I you know, um, except the people that I have to. <laughs> Animals are, you know, they've they've always been my teachers. They taught me how to reconstitute my life. They taught me a particular point in my life when I, you know, when I was coming off the street. They taught me how to. You know, the real basic stuff about you eat when you're hungry, sleep when you're tired, you play when you have extra energy to play, you know, you you just you just live your life in, in your in your physical body and and uh, don't do stupid stuff. <laughs> you know. Um, I mean I grew up part of my life on a farm and and I mean it was a farm, so you know they ate animals, but they weren't buttheads. My grandpa wasn't a butthead about it. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't, he wasn't cruel about it. And, um, you know, he would go out of his way to make sure the animals were comfortable. It was, you know, he, he, he was, as far as a farmer, he was kind of a softy. He was kind of a softy. But, you know, he, 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 was a man of his generation so you know he he would also eat meat um but so it was kind of a practical thing but um you know i would i would just i, I mean i don't have any pets of my own right now and, and part of the reason i don't is be, well part of the reason i don't is that there is a the cat the house is owned by a cat which is not mine cat but although i helped take care of her so she wouldn't really permit any other beings in in the house except you know because it's just the way she is but um i haven't really been able to have a pet since my last cat which was over 20 years ago and just because he was such a a unique special person um and I get so attached to animals that are pets that if something happens to them, I, it just, it wrecks me beyond words. So it's easier for me to take care of other people's animals or to take care of the animals that are in the yard um, than for them to actually have them in my home because I'm, I just get too attached to them. Um, and I don't know that that's good for me or for them, but I can certainly enjoy them and take care of them, you know, outside. Um, but I, I watch them and learn from them a lot because they're just wiser people 
than we are. You know, I mean, I've known lots of animals in my life and, you know, all kinds. I think probably one of my favorite animals was um, a, a friend of mine had a iguana and him, his name was Spiny Norman and his, his philosophy, he was a Taoist philosopher and his philosophy was that life was a chef salad brought to him by a species he hated and and he detested he detested humans <laughs> he just detested us but he would eat, eat the food he was given and 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 his owner you know the guy who took care of him steve could handle him and he only pooped in one part of the house and and he'd come you'd come in and he he you'd say hi spiny norman and hiss at you and you'd say thank you and then you'd go on <laughs> he was he was he was he was a lesson in checking your ego at the door is what he was <laughs> and i loved him i thought he was great he he you know his entire life was spent eating food and sitting in the sun and letting his tongue get fat that's all he cared about <laughs> you know and i thought to myself you know to, to have such a life where where you're where, where where you're the crab of the universe but you're loved anyway <laughs> you know so you know i mean i like reptiles i like birds i like birds a lot birds are great they're hilarious i know in florida they say these iguanas fall from the trees when it gets cold i've never seen it but i hear it's well, yeah, i they, believe they, it i believe it it, I haven't seen it. It's a it's it's a reaction to getting cold is what it is. It's yeah. it's an it's kind of like it's sort of like an automatic reaction, like when when possums get scared and they just freeze and faint. You know, it's a it's a biological response. They can't help it. And when it gets really cold and it freezes, you I don't know if you've heard of this, um, Jeffrey, but alligators will rest in water in cold water that's iced over with their snoots above above the surface of the water so they don't so they can breathe but they can be underwater where it's actually warmer than above the water that's true for they sure. don't um they're wise people i used to watch my grandpa's cows because they they always knew when the storms were coming they always knew where to stand in the in the in the in, in the pasture and they knew not to stand near trees they knew to get down into the lower parts of the pasture when the when the storms were coming um you know people think cows are stupid they're not stupid at all they don't see any point in rushing around but they're not stupid you know so i don't know i mean and, uh, I, you know, my, my life, my life with humans has not been a happy one. I, I, you know, my, I was just thinking about this earlier today is that my, you know, I'm, I'm happier than I have been in other points, points in my life or probably more satisfied, I suppose. But, you know, I just really have, I mean, you know, talk about karma. I must have been a serial killer in another life is all I can figure because my, my life has been very difficult and I'm, you know, I've kind of dealt with a lot of my issues, but it's like, you know, I'm, I'm old now. And so there's hardly any, any time for me to actually live any life. 
So it's kind of like, well, I guess I've spent this life getting rid of all this crap. So, you know, maybe I can just, maybe I can leave the world and, and not have to come back here. Animals are one of the few things that have made it bearable. So definitely. Well, everything lately seems kind of darker than usual or just with the Ukraine stuff and all the weird Trump crap here and everything else. But, uh, well, I'm I guess actually, that, I'm actually all used to that. That's not really <laughs> Tammy, what's one of the weirdest animal stories? Is there a particular species that's one of the strangest ones or something that's weird that you can think of a, a story? Ah, uh, sure, you have a lot in there, so I know it's hard. Um, a weird one. I've, I've never, <laughs> or maybe a different species besides you know the normal, the norm, something different. Spiders. Well, <laughs> spiders there's well i'll okay since your request is spiders i've got a spider story for you Ooh, um, I like spider stories I, lo I love spiders by the way spiders are my friends so i like spiders too i like it all but when gosh a few years ago um well it was actually right after i got these uh kitten brothers that i adopted them um and it was before the idea of, to write animal soul contracts, my last book. Well, it was interesting because I kept seeing spiders in the house. And I don't have a buggy house, but I kept seeing spiders. And I always believe that when you see a lot of any one something, that there's some type of message that this species is trying to get to you for. And, um, and then there was one night where I got to bed and of course the, the, the kittens were still small enough. They're probably five or six months, very active as in most of my stuff was in the garage because I couldn't be trusted not to knock everything over. And I, I realized I forgot my water and I had to go back, back out to my kitchen and I go out to the kitchen and I turn on the light and I can see, you know, I saw a spider that I, you know, they're one of the wolf spiders. And of course there are different sizes of wolf spiders, but I, yeah, I call them East coast tarantulas, but, but there was a really good size spider that was over. And my first thought was, Oh gosh, I hope the boys didn't follow me because the spider doesn't have a chance <laughs> was my thought was, Oh no, because they because that's a toy. It's a moving toy. Right. And so I immediately kind of threw a cloth, you know, the, the, the towel that I found there on the kitchen sink and I kind of just threw it over it. And then all of a sudden I hear a commotion in my background and I pan to my left and I see a much larger spider and about 150 babies. And, <laughs> and, and, and my two kittens in the middle of these spiders overstimulated, jumping, going nuts, right? I mean, they were just like, what do we do with this? And, and I went, oh my gosh. And, you know, it, it was, I what I didn't create a good, a good bit of karma that night at, I really didn't see a lot of great options to round up these spiders. But what was interesting was that, um, I believe, like I said, that, you know, to me, that's a really big message. If I don't, if there's a spider message for me, that's definitely showing up for me that night. And it was probably the next day or the day after that where I was in meditation and and I got the idea for animal soul contracts. 
and the spiders. When I looked up, you know, Ted Andrews books, or I started meditating on where the message of the spiders, it was around the written word and how to start a creative project because they're so good at weave webs and weaving stories. And, um, and once that idea came through for that book, I never saw another spider in the house. I never, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say since I've never saw one spider, but I mean, all of a sudden I've been seeing spiders all the time and then they were just gone. Well, yeah. I mean, if a mom, if a mom wolf spider brings all of her babies on her butt in her house and then they all get out, that's definitely a message. Yes. It was they, not, they were usually come in the house for stuff like that. Yeah. Because so. the babies are still, I mean, the babies were really small, tiny. right? They're tiny. I mean, yeah. They're hanging on to a butt. No, well, no, these were huge babies. I mean, they oh, were huge babies. Okay. Because so, the wolves were so big that, you know, that to me, even the babies were, I mean, you could definitely see them clearly climbing up my refrigerator and the walls. And it wasn't, wow. a, it wasn't a, it was one of those Alfred Hitchcock moments that I would rather forget. So maybe <laughs> was that weird enough, Jeff? Yes, that was perfect. I like it for sure. Definitely. I worked at Petco before. I was around a lot of snakes and uh, bearded dragons and water dragons. And uh, one time I opened the water dragon cage and one jumped out on my head and I screamed like a girl. Like, ah! <laughs> and, and it landed like right on my head. And, uh, but they were treated okay. I mean, they weren't mistreated there, but it was just one of those situations like, oh, I don't do it anymore because it's kind of like weird, you know, selling that kind of stuff. But, that was a long time ago. I was a bird specialist then, and I don't know how the hell I took the test and passed it somehow like bird specialist, but I don't remember anything about it, like anything from it. But uh, back then I remembered it, but now I don't. I can't remember a thing. But uh, so uh, I know you've been on a lot of TV shows too. Didn't I read that somewhere, like Discovery and stuff? Or, is, or have you been on some shows about this kind of stuff? Oh, like, it, well, I... I mean, I was on Oprah, but not for this. I was on Oprah because I intervened on a, a couple, a man beating a woman in the park, and Oprah wanted to meet me. That was wild, and it flew me up for that. And, you know, I've been on CNN about, you know, about this pet uh, service that I did every month at a spiritual community. And, um, oh, and then I was on, on, you remember that show, What Would You Do? Oh, uh-huh, Yeah. So I've been on there and that's, that's actually, well, that was connected to the Oprah thing. So, you know, so, cause that was, it was a set up thing where the man was beating the woman and nobody stopped all day long. It was crazy, but I, I went and got in his face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I'll be, and then I go out, I fly out in a few weeks um, to be on Gaia TV on one of their interviews uh, on one of their shows. That's I. That's pretty much the extent. Nice. And what is uh? Before we close out, what what about Miracle Wolf, Star Wolf, and Vision Wolf? That's uh, Linda Star Wolf. You want to tell that story? I mean, she's she's one of the top shamans in the world, and uh, and she has a miraculous story of her story with Vision Wolf, her dog, that grew to be 17 years of service with Linda with Star Wolf. Uh, doing this shamanic breath work. She's the creator of shamanic breath work globally. It's been thousands and thousands of graduates. And the cool story with how they came together is remember the book. Um, oh no. Um, 
Oh, what was the book like 23 years ago? They got everybody going about the Maya and they wrote it as fiction. Celestine Prophecy. Yes. You have a quote about from that guy in your book, James Riffle. I was going to yes, ask you. Yes, I uh, do. Yeah. yeah. He's in there for a reason. So he and his wife took in this uh, stray and, and she was pregnant, Molly. She ended up being pregnant. And, and while Molly was given birth in their garage, because they weren't going to, you know, send her away they were they wanted to help her and she was giving birth not too long after they brought her in and the all of a sudden the puppies that were coming out were stillborn and so they pick up the phone and they call star wolf because they met her at some big thing in la you know where she was doing shamanic breath work and they were talking as well and and so so star wolf starts facilitating energy work to molly and to the dogs and all of a sudden, the what they say, the the first three that were born were stillborn. And then the fourth, there were seven puppies, right? So if we look at, if we correlate that to chakras, so the fourth puppy would be the heart chakra, right? And all of a sudden, the fourth puppy was also born stillborn. And then Star Wolf started working on him, and he came to life right in front of their eyes. And And then the, and then they, you know, she believes that, then he ushered in this new energy and this new birth and the next three were born alive. Well, that fourth puppy was all white. Of course, the mom was like a beagle mix. They never knew the father, of course, but, and you know, strays can have several different fathers over the same, you know, litter, right? You know, that happens with dogs and cats. There can be a different father for each of the pups or each of the litter. And so he was the only one that was all white. The other ones looked much more like the mom. It was like, what? Nothing fit. And they said, we think this puppy is yours. And she was like, no, 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 no. I don't need a puppy. I'm touring. I'm doing, you know, facilitating group or she was a therapist as well. They invited her down to be on their farm in Alabama. They still live there. And, uh, and as soon as they met, she could feel the magic of their, you know, really their soul reunion. And they went on to do amazing things. And and he looked like a wolf. And she would get offers from people, would stop her in the airport and say, that's a nice wolf. Because she was, you know, they would go together in the U.S., you know, travel in the U.S. together. And she goes, it's not a wolf. I saw the mom. It's Beagle Mix. No, that's a wolf. And some guy said, just name your price. I want your wolf. And she would get that time and time again. And everyone that met this dog was changed and moved for it. They were drawn to him like magnets. They would facilitate these groups of like 50, 100 people. And he, even from the time he was very little, he never barked inappropriately. He held this sacred space. He would walk around to every single person in the room and bring some type of healing to them where the person would start crying. They didn't even know he was standing over them. I mean, it was it was, I mean, it's really cool. And of course, Star Wolf is just as extraordinary of a way shore. They're together. And you see that happen a lot where, you know, the animals that are meant to serve a greater number, they'll, they'll be teaming up with a person to do the same. It's a pretty cool story. Definitely. And wolves are definitely, uh, I like them a lot. I like old uh, Coyote as well. And uh, I have some of her books. I think there's one 
Yeah. She did about Egypt and shamanic stuff. I uh, have like an oracle yeah. set. That's her, right? Yeah. Shamanic and Egyptians, that, astrology. Yes. With yes. Ruby. Yeah. Yeah. I have that and some other books uh, from Inner Traditions. They always send me stuff. So I know I have some of her stuff. But, yeah. uh, well, uh, what what do you got planned in the future? What are you trying to conquer next? You always do uh, animals, which is great, which is uh, perfect. But uh, is there anything in the future you got planned? And what's your link and stuff as we close out? Yeah, well, TammyBelps.com is the link. That's a one-stop shop. I do lots of master classes, and actually, Starwolf comes into my master class on animal way showers and and facilitates a, a tremendous shamanic healing. But my next project, I have a companion healing card deck that's coming out to animal way showers, and the art's already finished on forty-four cards, and a lot of the animals that are in the book are on a card. Um, I just got to finish writing and stuff, so hopefully. Hopefully that'll be, who knows, next year, you know, when you're coming off of a newly, or at least when I come off of a new launch, I'm like, I'm never writing another freaking book again in my life yeah. <laughs> because it's a, it's a lot of work. And then of course life happens and the next thing comes through. I collect those kind of oracles and cards. I have a lot of different ones. So that's pretty cool. Definitely check that out for sure. It sounds Great. interesting. And that's TammyBillups.com, Animal Way Showers, the Lightworkers Ushering in 5D Consciousness, and uh, that's by Baron Company. And uh, we appreciate it so much, Tammy. It's been a great show. Thank you. Thank you both. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. You too. All right, everybody. Uh, waiting for old Graham Ganson. Hopefully he's not having any... Uh, internet's troubles i'm sure he'll be here soon but graham has uh done art for us for uh, a million years Hello. oh there he is there he is can you hear me graham put up your hands if you hear my voice can you hear me remember no f-bomb <laughs> that's the only rule he's a wild animal i'm having to <laughs> before we unleash him what's up man i'm gonna go How's get it some, going? i'm gonna get some water i'll be okay. right back. okay <laughs> i have that same weird big bigfoot uh bonnell snowman that you have back there right you here right. yeah i was like animal planet wasn't it or something i gave him a paint job my, my wife got him off a thrift store or yeah, no, an I, auction i have a big one up here that and I have a Bigfoot too, that the same company that did or whatever. Right. There's also a weird uh, playset they did for Bigfoot and the Bomble Snowman that are really hard to find. I have them, but like a dummy for some reason threw the boxes away and took them out or something. I have them in a Don't bag. Don't give me start least, on figures. Don't give me start on figures. I, oh man, I, they're so costly anymore. Like especially the NECA figures. We're talking yeah. forty-five to pop anymore. It's yeah. Like oh, they got the Gargoyle series. I yeah. can't stop collecting. I love gargoyles, and it's like I, I just want them all, and they just keep coming out with more and more. Like, yeah, and uh, they just started a comic of gargoyles, uh, a new comic book gargoyles. Yeah, I was tempted to buy that too. It's like yeah. comics, I really had to give up. I was yeah. into uh, I know the Exo Man War, Exo yeah. Man of War by Valiant Comics way back in the day. Awesome comic book. It's the same guy that created the second version of Iron Man. Bob Layton, yeah. he created this like organic, like uh, armor, like a symbiotic armor. I've and heard of it. This guy was breaking. It was a freaking awesome comic. And How many comics do you have? 
a lot. But uh, I was crazy. in. They, That's like a, a coca addict or something with these things. I don't know. If yeah. It's too they much. went out of business. Valiant <laughs> Comics went out of business. They got bought out by Acclaim. I remember and then, uh, Comics. Went out of business for many years and they brought it back. And then I started getting into it again. And they would come out with like seven or eight different covers for the same comic. And, you know, one's $5. Another one's seven dollars, and up and up and up. Another one's seventy. The other one's a hundred. It's like, oh man, it was just yeah. money, money, money. The it's variants, like, oh, the variants but, are ridiculous. The, that yeah, I try to avoid that, but some of them I'll do it. Like the Joker's, I try to do all of them, but not all of them, but the you know the basic ones. I ain't gonna pay whatever. It gets way too expensive. I miss the old days when they didn't have variants. It was like gold yeah. key. It's just, just that to say, I'm going to get the first cover and screw it. I do that with a lot of comics. Just get the first cover. Don't pay even attention to the rest of that crap. Yeah. Unless it's really cool. Unless it, looks really, unless it looks really cool. <laughs> she, she, I don't know. Can you hear it? Did you hear Graham? Wham, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. He just said, hey, Wham. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear. I, I was, you know, I am really tired, so. My brain was probably over there somewhere. I'm sorry. Hi, how, how you doing? Good. I see your cat. Oh, that's Hades. Hades. I was listening to the show earlier. He, which is a pretty incredible because um, I had a cat named Saber. I lost many years ago, like 2014. He was part bobcat. They're called uh, pixie bobs, and they, we got him from some lady. The bob. The bobcat was coming around and knocked up the, the mother cat or whatever. And they're actually part bobcat and uh, lost my cat Saber. That cat was amazing. He's just, he loved to be chased. He loved to chase me. Just, I've never seen such a personality. And this cat, I got him at a job like about a year ago, the job where I was helping uh, evict some bats out of a rich cat. And this little kitten comes up and he's climbing up my leg and he had a little bobtail, just like my cat Saber. And I was like, this cat's awesome. So I offered these people 50 bucks and yeah, okay. So I brought him home. He is identical to Saber, just amazing. It's almost like a reincarnation. I'll chase him all over the place and he just loves it. Such a personality. We just did a whole hour on uh, a lot of stories, animals, uh, cats and dogs, and afterlife and weird stuff like that. So it was good. Yeah. And uh, I know you used to uh, work at this place where you had to get rid of animals on people's properties, and it, it kind of sounded like Norman Bates or something. Oh, <laughs> man. Are you oh, glad man. you're not doing I, that anymore? It seems I'm kind glad of, I'm not doing that anymore. That was a terrible job. Pest removal. I mean... We, I did a lot of things, pest removal, and, you know, it's 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 not a kind business whatsoever. It's it's right. not. I just, it's it's an experience. It was helpful in ways for my crafting, because I did crafting for the, he had a craft store, too. And that was the part I loved, but the catching animals, I mean, there's state laws where you have to put an animal down. That's just the state law, and a lot of people don't realize that. They'll ask you to to release it somewhere, and, and you really can't because it's a state law. I mean, it's just, it's it's terrible because a lot of these animals are just amazing animals. It's like, why do they have to be put down? 
it's it it's really to, fast. It has to get to you. It has to get to you. Yeah, uh, I feel bad about uh, I have a mouse problem in a building outside that I feel bad about what I'm doing to them, but it is insane, and they will destroy whatever yeah. they can get up. They ruin books. They will ruin. They don't. Yeah. It's like they they're trying to ruin your stuff. It's like they're sending in kamikaze teams, and I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. But I have to put out those green little things that they eat, oh, and yeah. uh, I hate doing it. But they're yeah, insane. They're, they're adorable, insane. but if you don't take care of them. They'll they'll breed and they'll just they'll destroy, they'll destroy everything. Destroy. I have part of the amazing problem. books, UFO books destroyed. Now, finally, I was like, oh, "You're gonna die." I'm sorry, <laughs> but the, here's the thing: it doesn't stop. They broke into the bag of poison and ate it. It's yeah. like, are you Jim Jones rats? <laughs> uh, mice? It's like, what is this, Waco mice? Like, I, had I asked my I had neighbor. A they, a while, but they haven't been bad this year at all. I haven't really seen any neighbor, If he was dealing with them, he was, but doesn't sound like, like I am. Like, for some reason, there's a nexus point, this building out in the backyard. Not in the house. We've had a couple in here, but not like out there like it's just oh I it's crazy but i think there's thousands of them with the guy with the guy i worked for with the guy i worked for we would literally have people pay us like three hundred dollars three hundred fifty dollars to come catch mice it's like really <laughs> i've never understood that i some people just don't want to touch it and i understand you know i guess that's the the part that they just don't want to deal with it, and that I can understand that part. But three hundred fifty bucks to catch a few mice, like whoa, gets pretty crazy out there. It's definitely when you lose an animal, it's rough. We know some uh, someone that recently uh, lost a pack of their puppies, and there was some negligence. We don't know them that well, but basically, he had a, a lot of puppies, and he was an addict and did something with i'm not going to get in too deeply but he forgot to give them the parvo shots and uh found a kitten and brought it in and they got in the, the litter and it killed the whole puppies and uh just sad when that happens uh oh but, yeah, like a virus like a like parvo, parvo yeah, virus yeah. that oh, thing right through there like like nothing is the cutest puppies ever and I know he's got to be feeling it and because he's an addict oh, yeah. and overlooked it and stuff. It's just sad. But I was thinking about that and them in the afterlife and stuff like that. They can come over to the my afterlife with Jack and everybody. Me and Christina's afterlife with the pets and live there. Because he sounds like he's a, a dickwad. But, <laughs> but anyway, so tell us a bit. You've been doing art for Church of Mabus for so long, I don't even know. First off, thank you. And we've been showcasing it forever. And uh, thank you for having it on your your pages. And uh, we've been putting it all over the place. This is the person, any weird Church of Mavis art you've ever seen, this is who's been making it. And he's a very gifted artist. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you something else about Graham Ganson. I'll go on YouTube and I found a weird video of him pretending to be an FBI and chastising me <laughs> about breaking rules and the laws and they were going to shut down church of mabus and then another one i found like a uh, weird i didn't even know you did the fbi one but <laughs> the one where you go into the dmv and and 
ask if you can wear your hat because you're a Church of Mavis in the picture. And this lady's got the TMV, and you're saying it's your religion, and you have to wear your hat in the picture. Like, <laughs> there's that, other that's stuff, too. I, I watch way too many British British comedies. It's just uh, British IT crowd, uh, one called Bottom, Young Ones. Rick Mayall is like my comedy god. I just... My life is based around that guy. Just his sense of humor just lifts me up. Yeah, and uh, we've been watching Mr. Bean lately. I like Mr. Oh, Bean. I love Mr. Bean. And Black Adder, which I like yeah. Mr. Bean a little bit better, but Black Adder's still fun. Some of the vulgarity in it's shocking. Like, <laughs> they're nasty in it. Shocking. I, I named my youngest son after uh, Mr. Bean. Uh, <laughs> Who did you named your son Rowan after Atkinson, Mr. Bean? Yeah, Rowan Atkinson. So my son's got named Rowan. Nice. I didn't know that. He's actually an intelligent man. He doesn't even like doing the comedy bit. Like he's he's super intelligent. He's, he had interviews where he just he didn't really care for doing the comedy. It's kind of sad because he's so good at it. You know, it's like well, I, I kind of wish he would have done more, of Mr. Well, Bean. I saw that he uh, didn't want to do Mr. Bean anymore because of cancel culture or something weird. Like he made the comedy's rough anymore. I mean, you it's crazy. You're on the borderline. Setting everybody, it's just it's comedy's a rough market. Some of it I understand, but some of it's just lunacy. Like, <laughs> like it gets crazy. Like, I think people should go to court a little bit before you destroy them completely. If there's evidence, fine. But <laughs> I believe Kevin Spacey's a dirtbag, even though I love his movies. I haven't seen one since all this crap happened. But part of me is like, God, I miss Kevin Spacey in movies. I wouldn't want to be alone in a room with him. I'd have to, uh, man, that, <laughs> you know, but in the Maryland Manson thing, the Maryland Manson pedophilia thing. is just getting just, I see it everywhere. Yeah. It's like every day I look at the news, it's like just today I was looking at Daily Mail and it was a gay couple, not, nothing to do with gay people. I mean, but they adopted a young boy, a couple boys, and they were, you know, selling them off to people and they're making videos of rape videos. It's like, this is just going on everywhere in the world. And why is it so prevalent everywhere? It's, I just don't understand it. I, I think it's it's, well, I think it's probably always happened. And it's just now it gets exposed more. So it seems like there's more. But let me tell you, growing up the way I did, you know, and I'm older than both of you, I can remember having <clears> this stuff going on, you know, and then when I've when I've done my reading in archives, like through historical records and stuff, and read and you know I've had the opportunity to read people's diaries and stuff from like you know hundreds of years ago, and this crap has always gone on. Oh, definitely. It's just sad though. It's it's, it's terrible. <laughs> I've known a lot of people who have lived through it, and it's it's it changed my life in a way, a lot of ways, because it's just like I never thought about it before until I really met people that have been abused and it's you know when they really broke down and told me their story it's like wow this is something else something that really doesn't get put out there and it's yeah it's it's terrifying it's bad it's my heart goes out to all the people definitely my mom had it happen to her which from her great grandfather who was a preacher he molested them all and one of the sisters had to wear a bag from what he did and they were afraid to tell anybody because, you know, he was such a 
you know, prominent figure of uh, yeah. society. And this is, I don't yeah, even know if I've ever told this story and I don't know if I should, <laughs> but I have a situation. They use death threats to people, their families yeah. and everything. And they, they, yeah. they really lock it down. I had a situation happen to me that was kind of weird with an older lady when I was younger. She was in her 20s. I was 15, 16. We were in a pool and she messed with me and she tried to put her finger in a place where it shouldn't have been. The old, uh, never mind, but uh, and I had never had a sexual experience in my life. And this lady did this stuff to me, and my dad found her passed out on me, trying to copulate me. And my dad was such a freak, he probably tried to blackmail her and get some himself or something. But uh, my point is, it happened, but a lot of people treated it like it was a, a cool, good thing when it kind of it wasn't, yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, I had a sexual experience, but it was still, you know, still like being molested. It would be different. Yeah, I'd know. want to. I'm glad it wasn't a dude. That would have been probably turned me into a serial killer or something. So at least there's <laughs> that. But but, but uh, that that happened, and uh, and I've heard people, you know, like, oh, that's a great thing. Yeah, you know, no, it's not. No, you know, there's different levels. No, not really. But as far as uh, oh, that's the weird thing that. And then later I learned about, you know, I started self-pleasuring and then got called. A friend told my brother and then had hundreds of people make fun of me about it. And I got testicular cancer the next year. So that was like the springboard for it. It's like, gee, oh, hey, gee. sex, this is great. You know, I like you so far. <laughs> but, but it's crazy. We need, to, we need Vlad the Impaler to impale these people. We're going to summon him forth tonight with the Necronomicon. And he's going to take over the White House and become president. <laughs> but anywho, uh, what uh, what was the main thing we're supposed to talk about? Your art? <laughs> I love your art. Thank you. Uh, it's been getting uh, better to all these years. I mean... You know, as my art, I have a lot of hard times with my art. Sometimes I'll look at it and go, this is crap. And I think a lot of artists have that. You know, they, they'll do a project and it's like, they'll look at it and go, this is garbage. I do that all the time. And some things I look at later, I'm like, this is really great. You know, I think this has turned out really well. My art's definitely improved over the years. I just wish I could do more of it. I've been doing uh, epoxy paintings a lot lately. If you see in the background, these, these guys here. They're all 3D. They're epoxy on canvas, and then they're painted with acrylics. Yeah. And then they have a shine put on them on some of them. And those are actually really cool because I can add pieces of uh, minerals like amethyst or uh, quartz onto the paintings. Yeah. A lot of these mushroom ones have that. And it just looks fantastic. I even put little pieces of uh, jumping choya cactus, you know, like. I don't know if you ever seen the the skeletons of those, the cactus, mm -hmm. and they've got like holes in them. Really cool looking. I add those on my paintings, and they look really good. I also um, is your house like a giant, a giant comic, your house is like a giant comic book store from what I've seen. It is. I got a <laughs> lot of extra spawn and stuff back there. But here's here's a fox skull. This is what I'm working on right now. You can see there's like that's I think that's how I. It, it looks like turquoise. They color it to look like uh, turquoise. Amethyst. And I dremeled these little designs into the, the skeleton, the skull. 
And that's the epoxy. It holds it really well. And then later on, we're going to uh, gel paint the, the rest of it. We did a bear skull like this, and it turned out really cool. We're, uh, you just got a ton of crystals, like crazy. Where are you getting oh, that man. from? It's like a truck back up to your house of crystals. We got that from my jo our job. My wife and I worked for the same guy, and he had a leather crystal shop. And our last month of working there, that was our pay, basically all those crystals. But the thing is, he uh, backtracked on what he promised us, and then we left. And so we, we only worked for him like two, two weeks, three weeks, and ended up with all these crystals. And my wife was like, she offered to give half of them back, which was a good thing to do. You know, we're not greedy. We're not crooked people. So we offered half of these things back. And. He never answered, so here we are with probably five thousand dollars worth of crystals, which is oh, a lot. <laughs> quite a bit of crystals. Is it really five thousand dollars worth of crystals? A lot. It looked nice though. Yeah, Very cool. Yeah, there's we got quite a bit of everything, all kinds of patrine, pyrite. I mean, all these different things. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> just amazing. Being around all those crystals, does it make your gooch percolate? Your chakras. <laughs> it does. It absolutely <laughs> does. The whole room just glows. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're glowing all the time being around those crystals. It's a lot. What do you have any links yet that you want to give out for any of this stuff or anything? Uh, mainly just my Facebook page, which is Graham Ganson. And uh, you might be able to find it at Mediandora. That's kind of a hard one to to uh, comprehend, but it's Medea with Pandora kind of mixed in. Because I just I love that ancient Greek. I mix those together, and I decided to do like a little craft business on Facebook. But I really need to get a web designer involved in making me a page where I can sell stuff. Because right now it's just it's kind of kind of random, and people can't really see prices. But if somebody came to me on my page and wanted some custom artwork done, maybe a like a painting, one of these paintings had. 40 or 50 bucks, you know, I'd, plus shipping. I do that, customize whatever they want. Or I do a lot of antler crafts. I don't know if you can see these. These are one of my more popular guys. These are made out of antler tips, uh, usually mule deer, sometimes moose. They're antler mushrooms. They're really cool. People love these guys. And then uh, I also. Sometimes I'll go to like thrift stores and buy a cheap toy, like a dollar toy. I bought a cheap plastic stegosaurus and I made this guy out of epoxy. If you could see him very well, but this is, I made him into a, like a xenomorph. That's all epoxy. Nice, nice, nice. nice. Beazel was just They're in chat room saying his gooch was percolating too. Beazel. <laughs> nice. Sh Shabazz butt. Then we had Nick at lunch from Texas, a friend of mine in the chat room. We got a busy night here. Everybody's. Everybody's percolating, but yeah, this Beazel. is the big one. <laughs> Beazel, sure. nice. Yeah, one of my the best things though. Uh, women love earrings, so I also make these guys. They're uh, the same. They're just like the antler women's, mushrooms. Women's earrings, like mushrooms. Yeah, these I carved these. These are antler mushroom earrings, which are really cool. Nice. Those, those are, are antler. Those mushrooms. are pretty popular. Awesome, awesome. Do you have an Etsy? Uh, I started one, but I need crystals to do a lot be good more on it. there. Probably they sell a lot of crystals on there. I have a tough time like finding 
interest. You know, it's I don't know how these people do it. Sometimes you'll get these people that go to sell stuff and they'll have like instantly 500 people on there. It's like I don't know how they do it. Like I, they, they usually have friends and stuff that'll add another friend of a friend, and I just I don't have that. So maybe one of these days I'll get the name out there a little better. That's why I need like a web designer to help. And you gotta, it's it's hard. It's not easy for sure. No, it's a pain in the butt. Just depends, you know. And right now, terrible time. Like the economy. I mean. I, you everybody knows you go to the grocery store last year a couple of years ago you spent 50 bucks now you're spending about 115 dollars on the same stuff you bought last year it's people just don't have the money for a lot of stuff this year i think some market up naked lunch i need to hit you up for some laser engraving designs been having a hard time finding good designs for my glock slides is that a gun nice. what are you nice. guys do you do guns? I have a laser gram. <laughs> well, that's Graham Ganson on uh, Facebook. I don't know. I didn't know you did gun handles. <laughs> I, I can make. The, I, I don't know how to make the gun. You know, fit it onto the handle, but I can make the handle. I can. I actually can carve like him. I did a lot of knife handles where I carved uh, like lions and bears and stuff out of uh, elk handles. Elk is really great for that stuff. And then you can polish it up, make it look really nice. Pretty cool stuff. Antlers amazing. You blow glass pipe bongs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish that was a glass worker. I had someone that you, someone sent me some once, and I I broke the big blue one that I had that he made, but I forget who it was. But he sent me a bunch of one time a long time ago, and I plugged him. I need to refine that email. <laughs> That's always interesting for sure. And uh, on work. So, uh, how much is uh, what would you consider your spirituality? Do you consider yourself a Norse a lot, or is there other other faucets of it? I'm kind of a mix. My wife is definitely into Norse. She is a Satru. She loves it, and I'm a bit because I have a lot of history in my my last name. It's very Viking. If I looked it up and. It was, uh, they basically moved to Scotland. I'm under Clan Gun, G-U-N-N, under my Ganson. And uh, a lot of my other side, of my mother's side, Slavic. So there's a lot of Viking in me, but I'm really, I'm half that and I'm half into like ancient Greece. I just, I love it. I, I don't know. I, I guess it would be, uh, what's the word, Hellenistic? Mm. A little bit Hellenistic too. Greek. Greek, that's Greek Hellenistic. Yeah, it, it calls to me for some reason. You know, if something just calls to you, that ancient Greek just it calls. Kratos like calls big... to me. What about Kratos? Kratos <laughs> calls to you. Kratos. <laughs> More so like Pandora and Peter and stuff. Yeah. We've had some shows about the Greek pantheon that are pretty fascinating. Not too long ago, I have to send it to you if you didn't see it, but it's about. Yeah, I uh, saw that one. I responding on the, the page when you guys were doing that show. It was like three or four shows ago. That was yeah, a good show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, it was. It was back in September or October, I think. Actually, yeah. A couple of people were on that did Greek stuff. For sure. And uh, 
So uh, what else are you working on? You do, you still do paintings and stuff, right? Yeah, I still do acrylic paintings once in a while. But ever since I started using the epoxy, it's like that's all I want to do. But I still do them. I've got, I just posted on Facebook earlier this week a bunch of my old paintings I did throughout the years, a bunch of tractors and portraits people paid me for, some commission work, so people can see some of the paintings on there if they browse through there. Are you doing some book covers or something? Are you allowed to talk about any of that stuff? Yeah, yeah I'm working on a book cover right now for not Stephen. Uh, Stephen Zimmer, he works for a publishing company, Seven Star Press, and uh, it's for a fellow author he knows, and it's uh, like a water dragon, but I can't show anybody yet. We're working on that. And it's turned out really good. I think I'm waiting to hear back from them for the final get, you know, final go. And it's it's all set up. It's really looking good. I've heard of Steven Zimmer from somewhere. Is he a fantasy author or something? I met him on a an old uh, site called mamasfallenangels.com. It was a site of 80s heavy metal rock and roll. And I met all these cool people on there. And, he was That's on there too. And I used to, yeah. Is that still around? I don't know if it is. One of the guys died that helped run it. And then the other guy, I think they went to Facebook. And I used to troll it bad, but I made all these friends. I used to, back in the day, everybody, Axl Rose got on all this trouble of punching people and leaving concerts. And I, I posted, Axl Rose is God. And it upset so many people. They're like, what? And they got on there and just rah, 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 rah. and later on I let everybody know I was screwing around with them. It was me. And I made all these friends from it. I've known them for years. It's just, it was a blast. I I also did a a Satanist guy that was barbecuing puppies. He was going around the neighborhood and grabbing puppies, stray puppies and barbecuing them. And uh man, they were just what? Just going off and I, I screenshotted all these comments quotes and stuff I never laughed so hard in my life but people will believe what they want to believe you know it's like yeah you don't it's online you don't know what to believe half of it's crap <laughs> so you're a master troll I can be I can. <laughs> I've been there <laughs> sometimes people just deserve it, especially the way people are nowadays it's, they take things away yeah. seriously yeah, with relapses once in a blue moon, but not very often. <laughs> so, uh, what are your future projects? So you do when you do the epoxy? Does that go in the oven? No, it's uh, it just combines two pieces, and then once once you're done combining both both sections, it hardens. But it takes a little while to harden, and uh, that's why I have to work fast. Yeah, when I get a painting out. I'll put it on there. I have to use a lot of water and smooth it out, and I have to do my my work quick because that that epoxy will dry rock hard within like an hour, under an hour, yeah, probably thirty see. minutes. Let's see here. Let me. Uh, here's uh, nice. <laughs> I see friend, 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 friend in the back. That's Yeti, right? Just, yeah, Marvel <laughs> yeah. Snowman. Yeah, it's from Animal Planet. Here's the other one. Uh, that's one you should get one year if you can find it. They're on eBay, but they're kind of, I don't nice. know. Nice. So. 
That's the other one from Animal Planet. Friend, friend, I see you. <laughs> For no one seeing video right now, there's a giant uh, Sasquatch figures. Graham has an identical one that I have in the background. But uh, those stupid animal plant sets are interesting, but expensive. I have them. I wish I didn't take it out of the box. It's all I know because now like two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars or something. But at least I have. I'm them. getting to the point where I can't even buy any more. It's just I have too many, and I need to start getting rid of some. Yeah, I know what you mean. I was looking. Uh, I wasn't gonna buy them, but I saw these uh Lego Viking sets that were really cool, but they're like thousand dollars or something because they're like hard to find or something i just got a, a game of thrones mega blocks set and it's like that's funny because game of thrones is if you've watched it it's full of nudity it's full of sex and yeah. why do they have this toy for kids game of thrones i mean well what's game of thrones I, i'm curious now i'm gonna go watch that yeah, <laughs> like, crazy. i don't understand the marketing value of that one yeah, they don't think they just want the want the cash. I yep. didn't know they had. Uh, I'm surprised they don't have more than that for that, honestly. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's definitely uh, yeah. on the naughty side. And uh, man of war. I, I know uh, I've heard of that. Man, oh, is it man o war? Did you see that pen? <laughs> I know what you're doing. The Stan Romanek. <laughs> the pen. You, you know the Stan Romanek thing with the pen, don't you, Wayne? Yeah, you know, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. It, it just happened. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, it, was, it was like on the side like this. <laughs> yeah, An alien. I, yeah, he An was. Alien. He was faking alien poltergeist crap. So stupid. He said he got beat, beat up by the man in black, but it's probably like he made his wife hit him. <laughs> I'm sure they, they uh, implanted the... Yeah, it was probably just, probably just a scene, you know, like a BDSM scene or something. You know? Yeah, just, beat me, spank me, give me a black eye, and I'll say it's yeah. the men in black to the media. Yep. yep. That's some crazy... I think he's out of jail now, but... They used to want me to come to their house, which I would never would have went out of state, went to their house and probably get gooched and uh, <laughs> gooched. <laughs> gooched. Have this drink. I see, you know. some people who are diehard fans of his, and they just do not believe they're crazy. The, the child pornography or anything. They think it was implanted on his computer. Yeah, it's like they just really. refuse to think it was anything of his doing. He also said possum aliens came from space and. Possum uh, aliens. Possum aliens. Possum aliens. <laughs> they were aliens, but they're possums. I think he's guilty of sin. Stan Romanek, uh, that he's a pedo. I have I've had people tell me stories about him being at conventions, and he uh, <clears throat> had a he has like all these little adopted kids, and one was like just hanging on him inappropriately. That's very sexual, and it just sounded very awkward. Like weird. I've never heard about that. That's yeah, someone That's told me that story. Creepy. That she was kind of like, you know, That's a creepy. little too weird. Hanging, like using them for a jungle gym. Just seemed weird. But uh, who knows, you know. A guy that has uh, pedo pictures on his computer and adopts little kids, that doesn't sound like a good scenario. I wonder if they got taken away or anything with all that. Who knows. But uh, 
definitely uh, creepy for sure. We got one for you, exclusive. Graham met Travis Walton. Yeah. And uh, Travis said something about me that was, uh, <laughs> I don't remember what he said, something about the Starborn Richard Dolan threesome situation that I told a story about. And he was mad about it or something. <laughs> I was like, do you know Jeffrey Pritchett? He's like, yeah, I know Jeffrey Pritchett. And then he, he was talking about how he was upset about the you know, the Nolan thing. But, and what did he say, though? Do you remember the exact words? Just Not he, exactly, but it was it was about that uh, that woman you posted. Uh, I don't know if it even was a woman. Maybe it was a trans. I don't know. But whatever that picture was way back, he... You remember that that incident you you posted that that was the crazy steve for manny picture and uh that was a long time ago but basically steve for manny uh was on a show on uh kgra radio and with that ex of mine that used to be a bud hopkins patient and they were making fun of me for living in a mobile home and calling me poor and uh I had heard about it and I went after them because I knew this uh, girl named Sonic. That was her code name. And she was actually kicked off Facebook for hacking Richard Dolan and banned from Facebook forever. And she knew KGR radio and race Hobbs and basically uh, KGRA radio came out to her house. Her father owned Bowling trucking and he sold it recently or something. And I can't, I never knew her real name. I just knew this uh, fake Sonic name. And she said that they came out, KGR Radio, Race Hobbs, and Bill Fort came out to her house and said she won the catfish contest. What? And what? from the radio contest, and her uncle and stuff ran them off and just said it was weird. But that Bill Fort pulled her aside and said, I'm not supposed to be here because I'm on the sex registry list. And we looked up Bill Fort, and he had gotten in trouble for raping a 12-year-old boy. So I found this out from her, and then couple it with them talking crap about me, I used it as a giant catapult battling ram and brought it to their door and trashed the place with it. And Race Hobbs released this crazy uh, email admitting to all these people, admitting it was true, that he believes in second chances and I'm crazy. Even Richard Dolan said I was crazy on a show or something. But this whole thing was true that this guy's working with him that raped the 12-year-old. And uh, I believe in second chances, but not for pedophiles. I just I don't have any remorse for pedophiles. I don't care what the excuse yeah. is. Just no excuse. And showing up at a 15-year-old girl's house saying you won a catfish contest? This is weird. They ran them off, Race Hobbs and that guy. Yeah. But my point is Steve Fermani and Steve Hudgens from MUFON were one of the people that were talking crap about me. And Steve Fermani, and I don't have anything against trans people. I don't care. My own yeah. sister is, uh, I've never talked about this on the show because I just keep it to myself. My own sister is female, and she is taking hormones and stuff because I guess she wants to be a man. I have trouble understanding that, but I just don't, you know, we just talk about games and movies. I don't bring it up. We might have made some jokes about it or something, 
But anyway, my you know point how- is, I don't pretend to understand it all. But my point is, I don't hate them, whatever they want to do. They don't bother me. Yeah. But Steve Fermani posted this weird picture saying he married this Asian man. What I'm not sure what it was. But the reason I shared it is because it was in a bed, like half naked in a bra. And he's like showing it on his Facebook that he got married. And it was just, I don't know. It was bad to share it in some ways. But it was one of those weird things like... It was just weird. It was like he picked up a Taiwanese hooker that was a man woman in his bed and he's showing it on his Facebook. It was just bizarre. And I could understand if you yeah, look someone like perfect. that fine and they're dressed and everything looks normal, but it was like in a bra on a public forum. It was just weird. But anyway, uh, I didn't know Travis knew about that. <laughs> and I didn't even say anything. We just shared the picture. But at one night, I went to that chat room on uh, KGRA Radio, and Jimmy Church was on with someone, and I decided Chip uh, Pleasure was with me and another guy, and I decided to call in their chat room. I didn't think I would get through. Next thing you know, I'm (laughs) on the air on this network that hates me, and I could say whatever I want. And I said something like, Race Hobbs' wife does Dirty Sanchez's or something from like Howard Stern. <laughs> the whole network. No, I said Race does Dirty Sanchez's on his wife's chest. And I, and we're not going to get into what that is and everything. That's just Howard Stern's stupid crap. The whole network shut down. Someone hacked it at the same time. I don't know how to hack. No one I knew knew how to hack. They blamed me for hacking them, and I had nothing to do with hacking them. All I did was do a prank call, but somehow it got turned into prank call and hacked them at the same time. And then Jamie Havikin sent me a threatening video, threatening to hack me and show me this program with my addresses on it. And it was so stupid. In a court of law, he would have went to prison for it if he really did anything. And he's showing me like a threatening one of their people showing me a threat. I still have it. And he's pointing like to these weird hacker programs going, Jeffrey, I got your ad. I could do this to you. And it was insane. <laughs> and uh, it was just crazy. But that network got really, Joe even talked about the weird Bill Fort thing on, you know, big radio shows. And he, you know, used it as a battling ram <laughs> and a catapult to get them. So they probably want to kill me, but so far so good. They haven't. <laughs> but don't talk crap about Especially me before. Doing it in a mobile home. And the weird thing is, chicken lady, this lady, <laughs> chicken lady. I know a chicken lady. <laughs> and uh, she was a Bud Hopkins patient. She ran off with like the sheriff's son and lived over there. And I guess they were intimate. I don't know, but it turned out I met this. Uh, girl that was married to him and she said he was a satanist and he she ran off with like this weird hillbilly satanist they're not together anymore as far as i know a long time ago but this same lady this is where this really got weird i don't even know if i've told this on air uh she when her she lived with me her son was uh i forget what race he was but it was a different race uh filipino or something i don't remember Maybe Latino. I don't remember. But anyway, this little kid used to walk around my house saying inappropriate things, and he was young. Like, 
give me oral, suck my blah, 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 and just say it. And it was awkward. Like, why is this little kid saying this weird stuff walking around? And in the house, I used to, we used to watch a family guy and I would do uh, impersonations like, why don't you come inside and get your newspaper money, Chris? <laughs> Somehow she took all that and something I said on the radio and took me to court for it and tried to bring her son into court and say that he couldn't take his shirt off anymore because I used to do that. And the judge looked at her and said, you're not bringing your son in here. He heard me, heard my side of the story. I did the impersonations. Police laughed and I won and she left. And later I found out that she would make up stories about people. And she did to a husband that he had, raped her and he didn't and she's like one of those weird people that like make up like jerry springer baby moms or something and basically just i won and that's what happened i haven't heard from her since and she it was crazy that whole situation and tie it into kgr radio and all that crap and it was insane but uh basically the judge saw right through her crap and i won and it was funny that same day, I had a weird thing happen where I worked before it's news. Uh, I put up this article about Obama. No, it wasn't about Obama. It was about some LSD scientist gets caught, and he has LSD, blah, 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 something. But it turned out it wasn't a real story because there's so much crap out there you don't know. But somehow a picture I put up had Obama with a donkey in it. And every time someone went to it, it would show Obama with a donkey that was inappropriate. And I didn't know because the picture I put up, I didn't see that when I put it up. They said it was the weirdest thing I ever seen. It was like a sexually inappropriate picture inside this picture of an LSD scientist that would, I guess, flick later once in a while. And that article went through the roof with so many hits. It was the craziest thing ever. I thought the article was just doing good, but it turns out it was because that weird Obama picture was in it that I had no idea how or why. And they first tried to blame me for it, but they believed me and took it down and said it was the weirdest thing they'd ever seen. But that day was weird. Like, that was a weird day. That was court <laughs> and that weird article thing. But that lady's crazy. Her name's Carrie Boyer. Uh, I doubt they're listening now, but avoid her. And uh, poor Bud Hopkins, my God, she's been on some TV shows too. Of some I've never seen them, but this is a long time ago, like back in probably the 80s or some crap when she was on these shows for this UFO stuff or whatever. But definitely some weirdness. But I'm just I didn't know Travis knew about the Steve from Annie stuff. I thought I told some story. Somebody told me about Richard Dolan and the Starborn Sisters having a threesome. And that was a long time ago. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it's true or not, but someone important really told me it. And I know Dolan has a lot of situations where he is a man hoe and broke up his marriage and stuff. I don't know the details, but uh, I was a just man, laughing that. A man hoe. Travis Walton brought that stuff up. But Travis just recently said true. happy birthday. Yeah, said happy birthday on my wall. So yeah, obviously yeah, yeah this, is, this is the seamier side of the paranormal world, right? Yeah, the, the real crap side. <laughs> And when I did know Travis Walton, Steve Pierce, who was in the truck with him during his encounters, went crazy and was calling my house going crazy because I did an article and said something that he didn't agree with that he had said. But he said it 
and he was going crazy, and him and Travis don't like each other. So I got caught up in some weird fire-in-the-sky soap opera for a while with that, too. That was weird. But Travis said happy birthday not too long ago, so somewhere I'm still in his repertoire, I guess. The paranormal <laughs> world is the craziest place I've ever seen. It's just, yeah. it's just all over the place. I mean, somebody will have an experience with this. Someone will have an experience with that. That's stupid, but the other side's dumb too. It's like nobody wants to believe anything. Uh, you know, it's a lot of accounts like demons and aliens. Uh, demons are really aliens, or aliens are really demons. It's just people just backfired all on everything. Yeah. It just never ends. Have you ever had any paranormal stuff? Anything ever? Oh, most definitely. I told you when I first met you about my little. Skinwalker, I believe, as it was a Skinwalker, skinwalker. Uh, event. It's pretty crazy. What happened? Though? I'm telling and you. If you have time, I can talk about it. But yeah, I don't know tell how, me. How yeah, we, we, got about, we, got, we got like 10 minutes. Tell yeah, us. Yeah, 10 minutes. So I could go into it a little bit if you're interested? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It was my like final year of high school, like 96, 97. And uh, I used to go, I lived in Arizona, Happy Valley Road. We used to have federal land next to us. It was a newer neighborhood, um, lots of desert. Just, it was, you weren't really supposed to go into it in the desert, but I always did. And uh, so I'd go in the desert all, this all the time. And I found this place about two miles down the road. It was desert. And uh, I found this little, little alcove. It was almost like a little cave. And uh, used to hang out there all the time. One day... I go out there with my bike, I'm collecting rocks and cactus and stuff, and all of a sudden I get this voice in my head. It's like, get get the hell out of here, like, right now. And I was like, I don't even know where it came from. I'm like, whoa. So I did that, booked it on my bike a couple miles back to my house. Um, it's hot out. Almost got heat stroke. I'm, like, pedaling for my life. And I see a helicopter, like, coming. And I... Uh, it's so hot. I get. I finally get to my house and I run out to the pool because I'm just like ready to die. Splash my face with water. Up comes this unmarked black helicopter, right above the roof, just sitting there hovering. And I, I hear another voice in my head. It's like, don't look up because they're going to take your photo. That's what I just I thought, and I didn't. I pet my dog, and it stood there for like a minute or two, and then it took off. Which this isn't something overly paranormal. I mean, it could be. It was federal land, so maybe, you know, oh, maybe somebody called the cops or it, maybe they were checking it out. I don't know. Not a big deal, right? But the thing is, very shortly after this, I started, like, waking up in my sleep, like, throwing my pillow violently in the, the air. At, I would see, like, a little floating figure, like a, like a human shape or a little small being. That was weird. And I kept having this happen all the time. It was like every couple months, I'd wake up. I never had any sleep problems. I don't, not a druggie, I'm not an alcoholic. It was, especially you know, high school. I was just, I would wake up and see these things. Like, I laughed it off. I'm like, this has got to be some kind of waking dream, you know. I, I always try to be a skeptic before I believe anything, which I think is a healthy thing to do. And so. Uh, so this thing would follow me everywhere I went. I moved to college, and same same stuff happened all the time. And even 
you know, when that UFO happened in Arizona, the, the boomerang, mm -hmm. around that same time, I used to go to a tech school and I drove early to the tech school and I would go to sleep, take a nap before the school opened because the traffic was nasty. And one day I had the sleep paralysis thing where I, I saw a little figure next to my window and I had a knife in the, my, my door and I was like, crap, somebody's out there trying to rob me or something. So I went to get the knife and instantly as I thought to go get the knife, I couldn't move, but I was fully awake. And, you know, I, my eyes like shut mysteriously. I, they just, they just, and I couldn't move. I, my brain was fully functional, woke up and I finally, finally got out of it and nothing was there. It's like, whoa. So that, it doesn't prove that was paranormal either, but it was weird. Another thing to add to the list. But once, one second, is, what, one second, what yeah. did the little being look like again? It was just a shadow. I just thought it was like three feet tall next to my window. And I, okay. first off, I thought it was a person, but it was too small to be a person, like a fully, like a full size person. But that's all I saw. I went into the sleep paralysis and well, that was it. That's the only time in my, my life I've ever had the sleep paralysis. But, um, but here's where it, it really builds up is I kept having the thing where I would see the person, the, the being in, above me wake up to see that and i felt threatened by it all you know for many many years all the way to 2004 and around 2004 i'd start to hear like native music randomly like it was weird and i would i would even i guess i was kind of i would make animal sounds and i didn't even know why i did it like howling and stuff i was like why am i doing this so uh just to get in this, my, my wife even saw, my ex-wife saw the, the being once too. She woke up and saw it at the same time, just uh, like before this. I'm, go, I'm going all over the place, sorry. But um, it's, okay. it's, a lot to, it's a lot to explain and I'm trying to explain it quick so I don't run out of time. I understand. One of the, but, uh, things, that's supposed to have, one of the things supposed to happen with skinwalkers is supposed to try to get you to, what I hear from different people, try to get you to whack who you, your family so you, that's the way to become one or something i've heard that from yeah this people. this is where it gets good 2004 my my ex-wife worked for the airlines and she didn't get home till like two or three in the morning and i went to sleep that night and uh this is from her perspective she wrote a journal and everything what happened but i don't remember a thing but what she said is she came home and um she heard dogs barking all around her cabin, just all over the place. And she got kind of freaked and got inside. And um, when she came into the room, it was dark in there. She saw me standing on the bed. And she described me having black eyes, contorted body shape, just standing in a contorted way. And she went a little closer to try to see if I was just standing on the bed, sleepwalking or something. She was kind of doubting it. Because uh, I had that before where I would sit up in my sleep and just stare at her and talk like ancient language or some, some weird language and just she would poke at me and I would usually go back to sleep. But this time she tried to do that and apparently she said that I launched at her, started choking her, and um, which is freaky as hell. I wouldn't have, 
I, I didn't know anything was going on, but I, I, my subconscious like broke free. I felt it was like being held against its will. It was weird. I can't even explain it. But I broke free consciously, and I could hear this demonic shrieking sound. I, I couldn't even mimic that noise if I tried. It was the freakiest thing I've ever heard in my life. And somehow the door shut. And the cat was going crazy, just trying to figure out a way to get out of there. And I was, I was like, I was finally like coming back to consciousness. And I was like, I was trying to tell her everything was okay now. But my voice, if you ever seen uh, Mothman prophecies with the uh, Indrid Cole, where he's yeah, picks up the phone yeah. and he hears Indrid Cole, yeah. the voice sounded just like that. It was creepy. My own voice, completely, completely different. It was. And then, uh, you know, like the door closed by itself, the cat was going crazy, and I, I just can't explain it all. It was just it, intense. So what I think it was some kind of demonic possession, whatever that was following through the years, was able to finally figure out a way to possess me. And uh, even, like, I had to go to work the next day, and I went outside, and I could just feel freezing cold, something just staring. It just felt evil. And it's unlike anything I've ever felt in my life. And I truly believe, you know, it was definitely something paranormal, something demonic. A couple of weeks later, I had an incident where I had a statue of Apollo in my window. Its eyes were going blue. And I was like, maybe it's the moonlight. So I brought him out over into the dark corner, and his eyes were still glowing bright blue. And I was like, holy crap. So instead of, like, freaking out i was tired and i just put a blanket over it and said i'm not dealing with this and after that i've never had anything else happen i've had one more thing happen maybe last year and it was uh, a totally different experience totally different story but like we had curtains in our room and they just, it was like four o'clock in the morning and they just went <laughs> wife was sleeping no cats in there nothing he's like they just <laughs> But I also I bought a a doll from a thrift shop and I was a thrift shop and I was uh, making it into a goblin. So I don't I'm kind of curious if that that doll had some kind of uh, connection to it spiritually. Definitely. But, yeah, and, uh, it's, it's been a while. We got about a minute left or so. Uh, what does your shirt That's, say? I'm, I'm trying to read it. Your shirt. What does it it say? says, "What a smashing glass you have on." Oh, okay. It's, a, it's from Rick Mayall. It's a okay. bottom show. It's, it's nice, so funny. Nice, nice, nice. Well, give us a link again before you go. What's another link? To find uh, you? I have one at Wix. It's Mediandora, but I don't know if anybody's going to be able to find it. It's what, a tough how one. How do they get to you? What's the profile on Facebook that you want people to get to you through? Just my name, Graham Ganson. G-R-A-H-A-M-G-A-N-S-O. always hanging out in the Church of Mavis group and on my wall. You can find them. But uh, we appreciate it, man. We'll have to get you back on sometime. You did really yeah. good, for sure. Sorry that paranormal was so quick. It was just I was trying to get everything out, and it kind of sounds random and jumbled, yeah. but it was good. the time was short. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate your art, and uh, we definitely uh, thanks so much. It's been good having you on. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks yeah. to Wham. Thanks to Super JoJo. And uh, everybody have a good weekend. And uh, we'll catch you next Friday with uh, Bruce Hallenbach. Uh, talk about some Hammer Horror and some Sleepy Hollow weird horror from uh, the 
uh, small town monsters. Well, I'm gonna sure. so, so, <laughs> to come back. Hold on, just a second. Let me let me check what's going on with that. Yeah, because it's because I because it's supposed to be Jay. That's yeah. I just realized that myself. But yeah, you need to be here for sure. I mean, I I just didn't even realize that. Uh, yeah, it was, it was the send me a link. I definitely will. And uh, yeah, thanks for even saying that. I just that blew my flew my mind. For some reason I just thought you'd be here automatically and didn't even realize it was Jay. <laughs> but we changed <laughs> it. Like, yeah, I'll send you the link for sure. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thanks everybody. Have a good Have a good weekend. Good bye. night, everybody. Bye bye. Have a good one. Take care, man. We'll, we'll get you on again sometime. You did a good job. Thanks, man. That was fun. All right, take care. Your internet didn't fuck up either. That's good. Oh, whoops. I did, man. Surprise.